Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Seeking Sustainability. Um, I am here with my friend Aya, who I'll introduce her slash she'll introduce herself um, in a second here. But I, I wanted to record an episode in regards to basically the shit show that many of us witnessed last night or some of you got a taste of through social media, which if you didn't watch it and you only watched it through social media, in some, like, I think those little disastrous clips summarize the entirety of the debate pretty well. Um, but I, I recorded an episode last night, like, in, it was, like, midnight, and I was super fired up, but also, like, really tired and, like, distraught from everything I just watched. And so I... I thought, it, I thought in the moment it was like super powerful and I totally killed it. But then I realized I was like, oh, I'd rather talk to a friend about this. And behold, here I have my friend Aya, who I also, I feel like I should note, not that it's important, that we actually recorded like an interview a while back, but I forgot to hit record on Zoom. So that's fine. But we're actually together now. And I wanted, I just thought it would be this, this kind of conversation would be more manageable if I had a friend to bounce off of and so that's what I is here for and um yeah if you just want to introduce yourself and talk about yourself all the details I really just kidding but yeah cool. well where do I begin my name is Aya Lindquist what's your middle name Florence I didn't know that it's Florence really yep not because I'm Italian but because I had an aunt great aunt named Florence wait that makes you like so much cooler I want to name my kid Florence oh, okay you can continue I'm sorry Florence in the machine baby um, but yeah, I'm in, I have, I'm a woman of many hats, is the way I like to say it. I do a lot of fun things, but also very adamant about advocating for environmental justice. I hold back on using the word activist for myself, um, although I would like to be that way one day. Um, I'm also very into regenerative agriculture, and I work on a few farms that are very into sustainable ways of growing food, and I'm very into that and getting more people access to how they grow their food and yeah working through that kind of stuff along with that I'm a very spiritual person and spiritual health mental health physical health bridging all the healths is kind of my jam environmental health included of course so yeah I'm just here as this multifaceted resource for Julia to spit ideas off of for many years because we've known each other a long time you're a dynamic (laughs) lady but I just think it's so funny because like I really loved because I mean in high school like we talked like but we were never like super super tight like we never like hung out really like consistently so then when we like reconnected recently and I feel like we just clicked so quickly and I was like how have I not hung out with you more and then you were like I was like all distraught and distressed because I was like I don't know what I'm doing and you were like do you need a tarot reading? And I was like, I do need a tarot reading. Um, so that's the kind of person you are. Yeah. Tarot readings are great and they've been so helpful for my life and I love to share them for other people too. You can just tell sometimes like when you're in a place where everything is upside down as it feels like the whole world is right now. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) yeah, it's just nice to have something to get spiritually aligned to get through this all. And when we get to like talking about the debate, we can get into more about that and just how that affects us all. So like, I guess just to kick off, um, how are you feeling about everything? Oh, uh, well, as a black woman, person of color watching that debate, you know, I feel like a lot of people were just waiting for them to bring up the race issue. 
they were bringing up to bring up the issue of racism in this country the whole time. And we're like, what are they about to say? What are they about to bring to this conversation? You know, who's going to say what? Who's going to vow what? And that was kind of like my biggest takeaway besides just, you know, when they started talking about climate plans. But when I realized that they both kind of, neither of them gave a clear plan on how they were going to help black and brown communities in this country. Right. Or indigenous communities or people of color communities. They gaslighted over it and just pointed the finger at each other. Um, and of course, Donald Trump did not condone, or he, he did condone white supremacy in this country. And that was, uh, that he was didn't. a doozy. He didn't con- condone it. No, right? he did condone it. He because he, he wouldn't he he was specifically what, what condo- wouldn't why am I he wouldn't out condemn white supremacy. Of, oh, he wouldn't condemn uh, white supremacy in this country. But he so he was condoning it by out. not. He told the Proud Boys to stay I, by and stand back. And the thing that really got me in that moment, it wasn't even just that he said that. Because I have to be honest, in that moment when I was watching, I didn't even hear him say that. It was his facial expression. Mm-hmm. It was his facial expression with the when, pursed lips. It when was he like the at, like. It was so subtle, but I feel like you could just see it in his face that he was, like... Like, he, like, looked the other way, kind of, like, he was not gonna say. Because, like, why would... Why would he... Why would he tell white supremacists to stand to stand down and... Stand and, back. Or stand... Not to stand down, but to stand by and stand back. Yeah. So, he's, like, they he has them in a loading dock. Right? They're about to get on a boat to sail off to wherever American city near you. Um, but yeah, he didn't tell them, this isn't necessary, this isn't right in our country. He said, just hold on a second, guys. Yeah, and like, why would... To me, it's like, yeah, I mean, why would he... Why would he shame white supremacists if that's literally his base and that's all he cares right. about is getting the vote? So it's like, but yeah, I mean, in that moment, it was like his face. It was, that's like what really got me. Like, I truthfully didn't even catch what he said. It was like his face, like in the moment, it was his facial expression. And it was so obvious that he was like, he was like caught off guard by it, which was stupid because he should have prepared. But it's like that. Like, why are you surprised by that conversation? Why did that, why were you not prepared to talk about this? Because he wasn't even there to debate or discuss. Like, he doesn't follow, and this was, this is, like, one of the most key things, is, like, Donald Trump was not there to follow the rules, contrary to the fact that, I'm not even going to say him, but his campaign agreed to the, their six 15-minute segments, their two minutes uninterrupted, uninterrupted for each candidate to talk. Why, um, why would he follow those rules? Because he doesn't think the rules apply to him in any way regarding like federal laws regarding i mean i think people also this is kind of random but i think do people forget that he got impeached like when he kept bringing up hunter biden and i was like how is no one bringing like why do you keep bringing up hunter biden there were when, so many missed points where people could have like where like, biden could have just nailed him like why didn't. why didn't he say like oh i'm i'm sorry you want to talk about hunter biden it was that same topic of of discussion i guess and that's that i mean that was literally the reason trump got impeached was because he blackmailed a foreign president by withholding hundreds of millions of dollars in foreign aid because he wanted information on hunter biden and yet he kept bringing up hunter biden as if that was like a a a strong talking point but yeah i mean he wasn't there to discuss or debate he was just there to like run his uh, mouth yeah which he did literally which he did you know yeah. And 
stoke whatever fires. I saw this post after the debate. I saw it earlier today. And it was like this woman, or I think it was, I don't remember who posted it. And I wish I did because then I could cite them. But basically they said that Trump's point was to make people feel hopeless. His point in that debate was just to make people feel hopeless, not show out to the polls, not go. He wanted this America to look like a dumpster fire. We are not a dumpster fire. We don't need to, we don't have to be a dumpster Mm -hmm. fire. And he wants us to feel, he wants us to feel hopeless. He wants us to give up. He wants us to think it's over. But we are not over it. This is the time to organize. This is the time to be like, to be showing up for ourselves and putting us out there. Yeah. More than ever. But he's so, what he's trying to do is make sure people don't go to the polls. They feel hopeless. They feel like there's no point. There's no point in anything. Right. So, and I think a lot of us, I know I felt that way. I felt like, oh, we're fucked. Excuse my language. No, it's fine. I was like, we're fucked. You know, this is it. But then once I saw that, it clicked and I was like, you're right. We're back on it. We still have to go hard. And I felt the same. I was thinking about it. I, even this morning, I, I was like, wait, it, it was this weird mix of like, I feel exhausted and like, and drained and confused, but also like so fired up, Mm -hmm. like so fired up. Yeah. We call that feeling activated. Yeah. Like you have now been, you have a purpose. It's like that purpose driven action. And I think- because I think there's been so many moments like this where, like, people are, like, and it's the same thing. It's, like, what's the point? It's, like, fuck this. I don't care about politics. And that is, like, the absolute wrong attitude to have because that is the attitude that Donald Trump wants you to have. And at least I think maybe he didn't even, like, think of that. But I, and I also feel like at this point he doesn't, he, like, doesn't, I mean, not, he doesn't even care. Like, he never cared. But this, I feel like he's just so, like... I feel like we're too far into this. I used to have that idea too where it's like maybe he just doesn't care and he's just going, he's just giving, like he's just not giving a flying fuck about what's going on. And now I'm starting to realize we are way too far into this. We are way too far deep into this. If he didn't want to be president, he wouldn't be running for a second term, period. He is strategic. We have to stop looking at him as like this dumb person that has no brain cells, regardless if that's how he acts and that's what he shows. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of power and we need yeah. to start treating him like someone that has a lot of power, regardless of his motives and the things he says, he still has a lot of power that he holds and we need to treat him as if we're trying to overthrow a king in a way. You know? That's actually really true because I think a lot of the reason he's been let off the hook is because he's so ridiculous and people mm-hmm. are, I cannot, the number of times I've heard people go, well, it's just semantics. It's just his antics, you know, like he just opens his big mouth, but, but look what he's done. It's when you're the leader of the free world of a first world nation, that's powerful and massive, your semantics and antics and the things you say and tweet matter. Like they just do. And what's, it may also makes me think when I was at, um, the Black Lives Matter, like, one of the protests in Annapolis, it, it was really small, so we kind of just, like, after marching, just sat and talked, and one guy was saying, he, like, stood up and was saying, like, we need to stop writing off Trump as some idiot who doesn't know what he's doing, because he does. Like, he is an idiot in a lot of ways, but... It's working he, in it's his like, favor. Yeah, and he yeah. knows that, and he's going with it. He, like, recognizes, mm-hmm. because his base loves that, and I... It was interesting, too, because I saw something and said that he, we didn't even need a debate like that to rally his base. Oh, no. Because they, I mean, as a result of that, yeah, they thought he They are undoubtedly going to go down with him. He is their, he is their prophet. 
right? It's a, it's a cult. It's a like, cult. <laughs> what happens, we all know, we've all heard the multiple stories that happen to cults. You know, it's all or nothing. And it's, that's kind of his jam. And that's what he's going for. And he's totally okay with it because he knows he's he's got all the money in the world to protect him and his family. That's a good point. The all or nothing thing. I feel yeah. like that is how he goes. And um, his supporters, it's like, we, there are so many resources out there for people that are Trump supporters who want to learn more about the other candidates. They but don't. they don't. They don't care. They're not listening. They're calling you fake news. And how dangerous is it that we have something such, such as like fake news to be thinking of and worrying about, you know? I mean, we all need to take a collective like deep breath. Yeah, I was just like holding my breath, which actually <laughs> makes me think of what I said a couple weeks ago when we were hanging out, how I was saying I can't, I feel like I'm not going to be able to exhale until after the election you was like and you were like yeah but you're gonna have to because life goes on and like that's kind of what biden was saying in the debate you know like whoever wins regardless of who it is that's done there's no it's not worth fighting over it's not worth like there's not a fight after that because it's gonna be done and that's just what it is um but it's not it's not going to be done and that's why we have to breathe right it's the fight no matter who gets elected Biden or Trump, the black, brown, indigenous, people of color communities, we will still be fighting. And we know that. And that's why, you know, if you notice who's been in these movements and a part of it, like we've all been having to take breaks, not all at the same time, but we all have to take our moments for ourselves to just relax and just take a step back. Or else we will be drained. Well, I think that's why a lot of white people, and like I include myself in this, need to do more of the work to like, I mean, obviously, like, of course, hold space for black, brown, and indigenous voices, but, like, also pick up some of the the work to, like, let people have breathers. To, like, oh, say, yeah. like, hey, I'm here for you. Like, I got this for a little bit. Like, you can, like, we're on the same team. Like, I am here to support you and care for you and, like, whatever you need me to do, whatever I need to do, you know, like, not that someone needs to tell you that or, like, tell you give you direction you should figure that yourself and look into the resources and educate yourself but i think i think white people need to like stop being so passive and start stepping up oh yeah um so that way people of color and bipoc people feel supported and feel like okay like this isn't just people talking the talk but not walking the walk yeah what 100 percent, julia like what what i think of if biden gets elected I feel like a lot of the white Democrat liberal base is just going to be like, okay, we're cool now. Like, Mm. everything's okay now. Like, we're good. Trump's out of office. We can go back to chilling. But I still know that my black brothers and sisters' lives are on the line regardless. Because Biden is not the... He's not the person we need that's going to push us to the far left that we need. This country so desperately needs on you know i was a bernie girl so i'm gonna be biased in that sense but yeah you know it's um yeah i know my fight won't be over i know none of this is gonna be finished with whoever gets elected now i will say with that being said biden has control of a lot of important seats his appointed positions and if he can elect the right people into those appointed positions that we need that can change things for the better and that can make our lives easier. Does it mean the fight stops? No. But does it mean the fight might flow a little bit better in our favor? Yes. And we won't. Yeah. Somebody said it really well, but it's like um, if Biden gets elected, activists are going to have an easier time pushing forward rather than just having to defend what we already have. Right? Yeah. Like we can make sure 
women's rights are protected rather than having to defend women's rights. And we can push for further rights, further protections on rights rather than having to defend just the rights that we have, for an example. But this goes for everything. Environmental rights, civil rights, across the board. You know, these are, these are the things we have to think of. So I know a lot of people are not into voting, don't feel like their vote matters, but it does, it does in that sense. And it's not just about Biden. There's a lot of other appointed positions that we need to be thinking of strategically. The EPA. Yeah. We have to get the oil guy out of the EPA. What sense does that make? I mean, you are voting. Like, this is, the, this is like the most important point. You are not voting for Joe Biden and Joe Biden alone. You are, yes, he's the face of the presidency. He's holding that position. And yes, that position comes with a lot of power. But that power, like Aya said, comes with the ability to appoint people to his cabinet. So you are voting for people who are making environmental policies, education policies. Beth, get yes. Betsy DeVos out of there because she doesn't know what she's doing. And oh, she hasn't oh cared. <laughs> she has not cared since she had that position. Um, so all of these Trump officials that have been appointed by Trump who have no idea what they're doing, don't care, those people will be replaced. And so that's what you need to think of. If you don't love Joe Biden, don't go vote third party or don't not vote at all. Voting is a privilege. It is a privilege and that with privilege comes power. And yes, you are one person and we are all each individual, but all of those individual votes coming together as a collective makes a difference. Um, And yeah, I mean, like you said, if we're trying to push forward and get bills passed or fix what Trump rescinded or rolled back or messed up, um, having intelligent people on a, on a president's cabinet is so important. So that's like my thought process. It's not Joe Biden. It's, it's his cabinet. It's his staff. So yeah. There's so much more that can go into that. Yeah. Especially two with the Supreme court yeah amy amy cohen barrett did you know she's a part of the um people for something it's the group that the handmaid's tale was based off of so i i read recently that it was they actually weren't based off the handmaid's tale it was the handmaid's tale was like loosely based off of this group yeah i think they fact-checked it and they said no but i have to look Mm. into it more but yeah i did hear that and i know she is pro Pro-ending legal abortions. Yeah, and she's also very, very against the LGBTQ community. So I know it feels... There's no space for that in our current society. No, there's not. And yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of us have been feeling like we take one step forward and then take 20 steps back. I mean, I I don't think that's going to change for a while because I think like as a nation, we're going through a big shift. Right. Um, So that... The struggle is going to continue, but getting Biden to office is a big leap forward. Big leap forward. Yeah. Um, if it happens. I mean, there's so many other, like, barriers when it comes to, like, yeah. mail-in ballots. How long will it actually take for us to know who our president is? Right? That was, like, more towards the end of the debate is them yep. talking about that and whether Trump is going to respect the, you know, transition to power if he does get, if he does get booted out. So, yeah, there's so many, like, layers around this and a lot to go into. I wanted to talk about the third-party candidate 
Joe Jorgensen. Who? Oh, yeah. She's the yeah. libertarian that I've had. I've had some friends, I think, mistakenly that, you know, you see a woman running and you're like, yes. And personally, I'm probably one of those people that would do that too. It's like, woman running? Oh my God, I'm so about it. Like, let's yeah. go. And then I did research into her policies and I was clearly mistaken. She is pro ending the war on drugs, which, you know, we stand that. We love that. But also her response to climate change is nuclear power. If you're familiar with nuclear power out there, I don't know. Julia, do you know much about nuclear? No, I study fashion marketing and management. Okay. That's why I brought you here. <laughs> I'm an environmental studies kind of human. So, uh, so I'm nuclear power, while it does emit a lot less than coal and oil and everything else that we have going on, the problem with nuclear is we don't know what the hell to do with the waste. And you know where a lot of the waste ends up? Indigenous reservations. Um, so that's not an option for us. We don't have our technology to make sure these places are stable. And when they have meltdowns, it's Chernobyl. And I don't yeah. know if you want that. Um, I personally don't want that near my ba- in my backyard. And no one deserves that in yeah. their backyard. Um, I knew someone that wanted that messaged me. was like, don't vote for Biden. Vote for this woman. And I was like, I... No, no, because I'm, I, yes, Biden does not have the best record, but I think, do I think, do I think to an extent people as, as humans, but also as politicians throughout their years working in, in politics can evolve and change? Yeah, I do. I mean, every politician has, Barack yeah, Obama did. Yeah, know, he did. Is- and I, I mean, Kamala Harris, um, Joe Biden, um, and so I think I think it is kind of a cross between like that and yes there are some things he's saying because he knows he he's supposed to but I do think to an extent he means it and like I mean people are going to hold him accountable if he were to get into office he would make that the stuff that he's saying that he wants to make happen I do think he will or at least try to um but yeah I mean kind of going into the the Green New Deal and climate policy actually before that I just wanted to note because when they were talking about the coronavirus and there was just something that joe biden said that i really actually haven't seen posted on social media much but to me it was like the be all end all in quote that encompassed trump's presidency it is and they were talking about it in regards to all of the deaths and etc lack of a plan um and joe biden said it is what it is because you because you are who you are and that to me was like that's all you need like yeah we look like a dumbass we look like a reality tv show and it's and it's <laughs> like there's moments where i think people like joke about it and i we've all done that where it's like like there were a couple times during the debate i i just laughed but then it's it's sad because it's actually true and scary and like we are a really powerful nation with a lot of money and a lot of resources and we're not using any of that wisely um so yeah, but I mean, to kind of roll into the Green New Deal and climate policy, some of you have, may have heard that um, Joe Biden said, no, I do not support the Green New Deal. And for like a millisecond, I kind of was taken aback because I was like, wait, what did he mess up? Like, but no, I mean, technically, I guess from a, a technical literal standpoint, no, he technically does not support the Green New Deal because he has his own climate plan, which um, I don't know how much you know about it but I did pull it up so the Biden plan will here are some key points um no I'm not gonna donate to you Joe I'm sorry um ensure the U.S. will achieve 100% clean energy 
um, so reaches net zero emissions no later than 2050, um, build a stronger, more resilient nation, which is really vague. But he does go into, um, these are just highlighted points. He does go into details on the website. Rally the rest of the world to meet the threat of climate change. So rejoining the Paris Agreement, which is extremely important um, because it's unfathomable that Trump took us out of that. Um, Stand up to the abuse of power by polluters who disproportionately harm communities of color and low-income communities. Um, Fulfill our obligation to workers and communities who powered our industrial revolution and subsequent decades of economic growth. And there's a whole bunch of other points. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's the same same idea as the Green New Deal, but technically it's different. And I think the whole premise of it is like, it's about pivoting. It is about acknowledging the inevitable fact that the climate is changing and our world is evolving and we need to adapt and evolve with it. And that's what this plan does. What are your thoughts? Um, well, so the Biden plan is Biden, right? It's moderate. It's a moderate way of thinking about climate change and how we should address it. Meanwhile, the Green New Deal was further left, and it was that radical change that we need. And um, so one of the key points of that Biden is he's not for ending fracking. So he is still okay with fracking. He would He'd be okay with that continuing in a clean way. But we know the dangers of fracking at this point. It's, you know, if anyone's not familiar with fracking, I can quickly explain it. You basically inject a lot of either air, usually water, into the ground to break it up. It causes a lot of earthquakes in the process in other places because it's destabilizing the crust of the earth to then pull up oil. So it's a way of breaking through the different layers of sediment in our soil to break apart and get to oil easier. It's a new way, um, newer way. But it's, it is very, it pollutes a lot of water ground resources, and that is something Biden isn't aggressive enough in the way I'd like to see him put an end to that, so we can fully transition over to renewable energy and green energy that doesn't hurt and pollute our systems. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a start. I have to say, I don't know if you're going to love this, I think this is going to, not everyone's going to like this, I love Bernie, but I, if he had been the nominee, he would not have won. I think it is... Because I think people think he's nuts and they don't understand his ideas and because of the label socialist that people take that and run with it and have no idea what it means when really we have socialist programs completely ingrained into our social programs, yeah, social security, the military. Um, So I think the fact that Biden from if you are very, very left, Biden can seem kind of moderate, but then to someone who is Republican or even independent or moderate, he still seems pretty left. So um, I think the fact he is, again, he is not most of our ideal candidate, but he is the candidate. And I think the fact that there are, not in regards to fracking, but I think there, the fact that he is moderate in some ways has helped in that he can appeal to a wider base. I don't know. What I do you mean, think? it's possible. It's hard to say what would happen. Yeah. You know, in other in the other circumstances, and a part of me feels like we'd probably still be going just as hard, you know, if not harder for Bernie, and then maybe people would feel more excited to vote because yeah. right now what we have is a lot of young people not excited to vote, which is exactly what we were trying to, you know, with Bernie. It's like he rallied up a lot of us, and now we're literally the campaign is now settled for Biden. 
And yeah. I don't think that would have been it's the case sad for but, Bernie. Um, but I know Biden's plan is more ambitious than people had thought it was going to be. Um, but in it, it's sad, but the fact that he has a plan is something. Like, oh, yeah. we need, we need, we need, we need something, something like this. We need something. And AOC, who is the creator of the Green New Deal, she's also a part of, she will be a part of Biden's climate team. So she's the one to make sure that it is the aggressive plan we definitely need. And so she will be a part of that, which is great. That's great for us. Oh, we know she'll hold him accountable. Are you oh, kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Um, I cannot wait for when she runs for president in <laughs> a few years. Hoping so. Um. But yeah, I... I'm trying to think of other key points. I really, when I recorded my episode last night, I was so fired up and I totally went through everything. And now I feel like I've just fizzled. And I don't even remember what they talked about because now in my head it's just gibberish. And like... Yeah. Well, I just... We talk about condoning white supremacy, how Trump was... Well, he condoned, he condoned white supremacy in this country essentially last night. And that's just... That's still ringing in my ears, and I know it's ringing in a lot of people's ears, and motivates, and it just a lot of people. Yeah, I mean it's just hard. I mean voting for any two white men right now is just really fucking hard. It's like okay, yeah. what are you gonna do different? What it's just it feels like the wheel is just turning the same way, and a lot of people feel this way. But I think it's really important that we just like hold on to our activation that we've been feeling since June, um, due to Ahmad Arbery, due to Breonna Taylor, yeah. due to George Floyd. I think we really need to hold that still and not let that momentum die out. No no one president is going to fix these issues. No yeah. one president is going to help us, save us from this. It's us. They're deeply rooted in our society. Like, this yeah. is not going to be a one-term fix this no. issue, arrest who never needs to be arrested kind of thing. Like, to I mean, this is going to take a long time to fix and it's so, but I mean, I feel like we're going to see a lot more violence. Um, and, but we have to like remember those names and keep fighting for them. Like that was another thing that Biden brought up. He's like, I don't condone violence. Violence is never the answer. And I was like totally moderate Joe, middle Joe speaking there. Cause as a black woman, I'm like, how can we keep showing peace to people that have never been peaceful towards us? You know? And obviously, neither of those candidates, the current sitting president or Biden, are going to be the ones to be like, oh yeah, no, you've been, we've had peaceful, like, you know, yeah, violence is okay. But there is 400 years of rape, murder, abuse, oppression, imprisonment, enslavement, so many harmful things and you want to tell me I can't burn down a store that has insurance now mindfully I do want to also add that many of the burning that's been done or any kind of rioting and most violence has not been done by the majority of post of protesters the majority of these protests have been peaceful it's a very small percentage of people that do that exactly and no one a lot of people don't want violence they want to be safe they just want we just want rights we're just asking for equality here we're not asking to be more than anyone no one's asking to be more than anyone we're just asking for the basic to matter we just want to matter we just want equality we're not asking to have more we're not asking many of us aren't even asking for reparations you know it's just to matter and be held accountable have have our lives be held accountable to the same standards everybody else and that's what's missing 
So don't tell me I can't get violent. Don't tell me I can't express my anger of rage that I have that's ancestral and it's generational. That's not their place at the end of the day. I mean, he'll never get it. Yeah. He's a 77-year-old white man who was raised in the suburbs. Yeah. Neither will get it. I mean, that's fine. That's who he is. That's what he is. Mm -hmm. But I mean, yeah, I look forward to the day when we can have a woman of color, especially a black woman. Oh, if AOC... Oh my gosh. Can you imagine what her cabinet's going to look like? That's going to be... It's all women. Her cabinet's going to be incredible. Um, But yeah, I mean, kind of in summation, I think the biggest takeaways for me personally were like, what is this? I'm tired and confused, but also rallied up and fired up because this was awful to watch. Um, And also, I think that Trump didn't just disrespect the moderator and the other candidate he disrespected the american people because he has no respect for the position that he holds and the power that comes with that position and the people that he is supposed to take care of with the power that he has in his position he does not care about your tax bill he does not care about how much money he's putting back in your pocket pocket he does not care about your job he does not care about your health or your access to health care he does not care about your public land that you should have access to he does not care i mean he just opened up nine million acres in the tongas national forest in alaska to road construction and development he doesn't care there is he and you know what there's been people in my life who think this is like a fluffy snowflakey outlook i don't care if it is um but i personally believe that in order to be a leader especially the leader a political leader and with that the leader of a major first world nation that other countries look to for hope and and resources and allyship um you should have empathy Right. Julia, we have to take a we have to take a pause. We have to take a mindful pause for a second. So when we use the word first world, this is just educational pause. Yeah, no. We try not to use um as geography major, so we talk about, you know, our semantics and how we talk about different countries. Mm-hmm. And when we say things like first world, third world, second world, what that does is that puts a hierarchy. That's literally it's literally white supremacy in our speech. You didn't mm. realize it, you don't think about it. We don't think about it, we don't know about it. No one talks about it, but I always try to correct people and just yeah. bring it up oh my gosh, and bring you. it to light so listeners can hear it, so you can hear it. But That's really good to know. Because when we say like first world, third world, then you're literally you're literally assigning like a hierarchy to countries and, and you who know, matters, who doesn't. And that's not okay. So we say, I, I prefer to say um, using like forms of development yeah. instead of using that, but even forms of development gets into it. Just talking about comparing countries in any way is always kind of dangerous in how we think. That's so interesting because that's such a... I mean, I use that term all the time because mm-hmm. that's what we were taught in school. <gasps> yeah, no, 100%. Oh, it's it's so not good to like know. you intentionally... We don't intentionally use these words. Like, when you hear me talking about enslaved people, I try to say enslaved people and never just slaves. Mm. You know, or I, I try not to say criminals in prison or prisoners. I try to say imprisoned people. You know, these are the kind of... This is why changing the way we think is how we weed out, like, we decolonize our own minds, you know? That's so, so good to know. A, I call this a little mindful moment. No, Just that's so good to know. No, I really love, thank you, thank you, thank you for interjecting. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's so important. That's so important. I'm glad, I'm glad you corrected me on that. I had no, I mean, 
yeah, I mean, because that's something I'm definitely trying to do in my own life, but it takes having friends, I think, to open your eyes, because we're all in different, kind of in different places in terms of, like, knowing that, and then also the fact that you were a geography major with a particular passion in environmental justice is, like, yeah, that totally makes you like super aware of all that stuff. I get to use all my knowledge now. It's pretty pretty awesome. You get to use your college degree. I get to use it when I'm like talking to people. I'm like, wait, this is what I learned and we can apply this now. Like this is how we can, we can grow together. That's so good. Oh gosh. I feel like we should have a whole episode about that. Just like terminology. Oh, that'll be so cool. Um, yeah, I mean, but basically just complete lack of respect, terrible person, all the things we knew. Mm -hmm. Um, Gosh, it just makes me even tired to, like, talk about. Like, I... But then I wanted to make this episode because I know there's all of these videos and and quotes and things on social media. And I was just, like, I don't know, for friends who want to listen to this, um, to be, like, what do some young folks think about what just happened? Um, yeah. So, in summation, what did you take away (laughs) from... Or what do you feel like was taken away from you? Because I feel like I lost brain cells. I lost brain cells. I lost the precious hour that I could have been reading my book last night. I lost like three hours. Um, Let me think. So the way I deal with issues that make me uncomfortable is I laugh. And I think a lot of people did. And that's why Twitter was actually one of the funniest places to be last night. You know, because it was just like crack and firing jokes off. And it's not even to just not be serious. It's literally a coping mechanism for how we deal with trauma, right? Like we all experienced that shit and it was, it was shit. It was trauma. Like that shit we will never forget. And, um, everyone's faces on like CNN and MSNBC, like just the exhaustion in their eyes. Like, I feel like all of them were like, I did not work so hard in my career to get to this point. Like, like we're, we (laughs) Comparing it to like a sports game is literally what it feels like. It Trump literally went, felt like I brought that. football back. Okay, well, 200,000 people. How many people times did that like, man have to mention Ohio? The state of Ohio. Because <laughs> he says I, it like. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was a synopsis of the spectacle that occurred last night. Um, go vote. Give a shit. Don't be passive. That now is not the time to be passive. Um, this is the time to be activated more than anything. Originally, yeah. I guess my like takeaway was originally I felt drained. I felt exhausted. I wanted to give up on it and just be like, all right, we're fucked. Bye. Um, but I now have come to the wiser, higher self that this is actually the time to get more activated. Yeah. Don't fall for that bullshit laziness that we want to hold back and want to feel like we don't matter. Um, the only way it will be no is to just wait for the future and do what we need to do. Um, in the meantime, do a face mask, eat your pastries, because I brought pastries, um, uh-huh. and, you know, take a take a break to watch some Netflix, you know, get outside, get fresh yeah. air, but also while you're doing that, <laughs> do your research, <laughs> and stay educated, and stay informed, and talk to your friends. Um, Maybe yeah. we should do, like, hours of activism. Like, have a, set aside an hour a day of where you focus on activism. That one hour could be your most powerful time in the day where you get to use all the energy that you're harnessing. It can be for research. It can be for advocating. It can be for volunteering. It can be, how how are you going to spend that hour? Maybe it's not every day. Maybe it's a few hours a week t- collectively. But just how, set aside a time to do that. That way it's not impeding on all moments of your day. And it's not always yeah. in the back of your mind thinking like, I need to do something. I need to do something. Because if you set aside 4 p.m. every day before you eat dinner to get this done have a moment where you're charged up and you're working towards something 
that is how we do things that's how we get things done yeah and on that note a couple of things so if you have like a family or friends that you hang out with that you are open to talking about this kind of stuff um I mean it's obviously something you should be bringing up talking about these kinds of issues but I do understand that like it can be really uncomfortable and sometimes people just won't talk about it but if you do have family or you know you're sitting at the dinner table and you have people that are willing to have conversations about this then converse about it that is a way of educating yourself and educating one another um and in addition to that I think something that just popped into my mind I think a huge part of the reason we all are so exhausted and is because we don't know we never turn off right because we we are constantly checking social media and I love social media. I think it's a great tool. It's like an unparalleled form of communication and, and, and talking to one another and educating others and getting information and having discussions, um, about this kind of stuff. But at the same time, like it, I think from like a subconscious standpoint, we're still digesting all of this content it is living in our subconscious it is because yeah. I mean even if you just go to post a picture you look at and I'm I post a lot of political stuff in my stories not ashamed of it but I mean yeah you're constantly taking it in so I think just putting your phone away for having I mean, moments when you disengage 100% yeah disengage yeah I don't know I know a lot of people have been having crazy dreams recently I had a nightmare the other night that I was a teacher online for online school. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And our dreams are what? (laughs) Our dreams are our subconscious talking to us, right? So having dreams like that are very likely when you're constantly reading stories about this and the trauma that's going on, you're holding that there. All of this stuff we're in taking online, it doesn't just go somewhere. It's like the music we listen to. It resides in our subconscious, our default mechanism, Mm. and it comes out when we sleep. So if you're having nightmares, this is a sign to you hey, take a break. Find something to fill your subconscious up with good. I can attest to the music thing because a few months ago, I had to go through a period where I literally didn't listen to music because Justin Bieber's Yummy would wake me up at night. Oh, <laughs> like it was like in my head. Like I like <laughs> it got the song, <laughs> the song got stuck into my in my head and it would like wake me up and I wouldn't be able to get out. I don't know if anyone can relate to that, but I don't know. My brain's like a radio that doesn't turn off. It's like broken. Um, but I think that's called OCD, Juliet. <laughs> um, um, or like hyperactivity. Mm-hmm. But also on that note, how, what are ways, what are things we can do with ourselves, with one another to um, chill out a little bit, to balance? Yeah. So what I like to go back to, because I think it's really hard to find moments of joy right now. Would you agree? Except for when you're playing with a goat. Playing with a goat. Oh my God. So... That's full circle here we go your method inner of child therapy going uh-huh. to where what you would do as a child right now this the fear that we are all feeling that the insecurity guess who's holding on to that our inner childs the people the little younger versions of ourselves if you're not familiar that you know we're scared there's a part of us that's scared but the best way i try to connect is i try to go back to thinking as a kid what made me what filled my cup up what made me feel good what, what made me happy? What did I do when I needed, when I was anxious or nervous as a kid? What can I go back to that is healthy to bring into my daily life now? One, it's a way to honor like your inner child, but it's also a way to like honor your current self and what you need, joy and creativity and the light into your life. 
I'm not a love and light. I'm not all love and light person, but I do think it's important to find ways to ground, protect, and cherish your light that you have. Yeah. So something I've been doing, um, I mean, just drinking a lot of tea. Mm. I don't know if it's self-care. It's just nice. You know, I think you have to take joy in times like this where everything's uncertain and things are messy and you have no control over anything. Take joy in the things that you can do or maybe feel like you have some control over and they may be as small as a cup of tea which I've been drinking a lot of me um, too I love tea it's it's um I'm on a weird binge but um um you know I've been reading a good book and just taking my time with that I really have this weird thing for like staring at the clouds which is <laughs> is that not something that goop would call like cloud meditation but like it's I mean think about it well, that's what you did as oh a kid God, you goop. like <laughs> I'm waiting for Gwyneth Paltrow to come out with that, like forest bathing. Um, but it's just literally sitting outside. But yeah, I mean, like going to sit outside, going on walks, like hanging out with your dog, watching a good movie, um, rewatched Legally Blonde for like the 20,000th time. Oh my God, on the Bravo. Day. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I yes. It too. <laughs> it's so good. And have hope because I think they're actually coming out with the third one. Um, oh my god I'm ready for it we need it but yeah I think doing the small things like and then really really relishing in that being as present as possible and I can I know it's really hard to be present I the awful at it because I am never in the present but yeah I mean it's it's hard but just do what you can to relish in those small moments that bring you some light and joy and comfort and and allow you to breathe Oh, yeah. There is free therapy at our fingertips, people. And uh, we need to get into it. Or be like Aya. Go find a farm. <laughs> cuddle with some cows. I do be cuddling with cows. I do be cuddling <laughs> with cows. Um, yeah, what are you doing in your everyday life? To So I've recently... I've been... Personal life, I've been kind of overwhelmed. Just a lot of different things. A lot of, a lot of different balls rolling on top of everything that's going on right now in the world. So getting organized for me has been like a peace moment. Organizing my space. Um, I have an altar in my room that I have set up. Keeping that nice and organized prayer. Um, I'm not a religious person, but I'm spiritual. And I still use prayer as like a daily practice. And that's been really nice and very helpful to connect with uh, higher powers at be. Spirit guides, ancestors, just to have those moments in the morning where I just pray. Pray for a better world. That kind of thing. Pray for assistance, support, but also um, fiction books. When was the last time you read a good fiction book? I talked to you. So if you, and for (laughs) anyone on that note, if anyone goes back to um, the episode that I have with Emmy Keys, who's an illustrator. Okay, I I don't think I cut this part out because I know I, when I listened back, I was really self conscious because I talked a lot during it, and then I was like, oh my god, I was so rude. So I edited like half of me talking out, but I think I still left it in there. And we talked about that, how sometimes you just need a good fiction book mm-hmm. to get out of your head and get away from a screen and get into a space. Put your nose in a book and just yeah, yeah. enter a new world. It's literally escapism at its finest. Yes, but it's good exactly. for you because you're reading and you're not staring at a screen. It's just. I reread the Percy Jackson series. Awesome. I, yeah, I ordered. Um, I think it was like the last book, The Last Olympian from <laughs> thriftbooks.com. Would highly recommend that to anyone. Um, but yeah, fiction is, is really good. I completely agree. We get into like all the self help 
individual growth book educational uh, stuff. And, you they're know, a little dry sometimes. They can get dry as hell. They can get they can get Sahara Desert, um, and I can't. I just personally, I get. I'm, this is probably my this is probably my ego, and I know like all you ego watchers out there are gonna get nervous or get mad at me for saying this, but it's like I sometimes am like, why would I trust this person to tell me how I should live with my life? <laughs> what are they qualified? What are the, what qualifies them to tell me how I should be living my life? <laughs> I'm looking at some, and those are only like half my books. I have a lot of those, and I've never read any of them. Own oh, your anxiety, yeah. um, the tree of yoga. I've never read any of those. I just like impulse by books but yeah I mean I I can attest to that because I feel like when you get into your adult-ish word yeah we're adults I forget that when you <laughs> once you hit like adulthood or what you feel like is adulthood you're like I don't know everyone just reads books like that and I've tried and like some of them are good if you're in the moment in your life where you need to hear what the, that book has to say but they're dry go back read harry potter read i read do you see that book it says oh my gods yes. yeah it's from like the scholastic book fair oh my god yeah and it's wait. so good <laughs> i've re- i reread that recently and it's just about a teenage girl who finds out that she's half greek god and goes and lives on an island and meets some hot guy named like damien or what is that remember your sisterhood of the traveling pants sisterhood of the traveling pants <laughs> i could read those. I could bring read that now. back like uh, yeah so just yeah read dive into fiction um watch movies with friends it's starting to feel like the real world is getting closer and closer to fiction so i try <laughs> to read as many books about like magical fairy tale like, yeah apocalyptic i'm reading the overstory right now Ooh, what is that about it's um it runs a, the pulitzer prize in 2018 it's a fiction work of fiction it's really really good it's all about like trees Oh, yeah. pretty much and That's like how people how we relate to trees but it's just filled with like a lot of truths about life and stuff um, I'm in the very beginning of it, so I won't spoil anything. Um, but yeah, it's a really good book. Really recommend. And I have another one called like The Secret History of Witches that I'm going to read oh, after this. That sounds so good. I've gotten really interested in like witchy kind of stuff and it's because it's fun oh, yeah. and it's cool. And as a woman, I just, I don't know. I relate. You should read the book Rules of Magic by Alice Hoffman. Uh, okay. Do Rules you, of Magic Have by you Alice seen Hoffman. the movie Practical Magic? No. I've heard okay, of it. We well, should watch that. We need to make a list. That's what uh, you should watch. Make a movie. Practical Magic is a freaking classic. Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock go off together. Yeah, what a dream right there. They're sisters and they're just, It's you have to watch it. You've got to watch it. So book recommendations for right now are Rules of Magic by okay. Alice Hoffman and The Overstory. Okay, I'll link those in the show notes. And my book recommendations right now are the percy jackson series which honestly (laughs) going back and rereading them they're better than i thought they were when i was a kid um the movie was a disgrace circa 2012 or something (laughs) um with all due respect to logan lerman it sucked but they're redoing it disney plus is redoing and they're making a series that's um so that's exciting and then um Anything that you got from the Scholastic Book Fair in third grade, go back and reread. If it has massive, like, like point six, like 16-point text or font, read it. It's fine. Um, and then, in addition to that, I've been reading Little Women, which I love. Oh, it's precious, so good. Precious. And I'm really into historical stuff, and that is also definitely a form of escapism. Um, Going back in time. Books just allow you so much, right? They allow you to time travel. They allow you to, like, world shift. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> world shift. Yeah, no, it's so true. Um, But, yeah, so the lesson from this episode is Donald Trump sucks. Life is it's exhausting. The debate was terrible. Um, But, in a sense, motivating. Um, 
and then take care, take of, yourself. care of yourself inner child show it inner child and if you ever want to do inner child work I, there is this podcast i love called manifestate or expanded by lacey phillips i love that it's a very spiritual manifestation podcast but she has workshops that i've been meaning to sign up for and one of them is inner child and it's all about working on inner child so i mean doing things like that doesn't necessarily have to be spiritual but yeah find joy in the mundane um work on you know projects on the side I've been like sewing stuff and doing the podcast and yeah but I think I think it's about finding a balance which is really hard to do of being engaged and educating yourself but knowing where to draw the line right and I think I think a lot of people are struggling to find yeah to draw that line and, and set your boundaries yeah set your boundaries with you know it's it's your life at the end of the day yeah no matter what's going on around you, it's still your life. You get to make all the choices. You control your energy. You control your actions, your behaviors. Um, so set your boundaries so that you can live your best life still. And under the circumstances that we have, you know. Yeah. Take care of you. And where, and um, if you want to say your Instagram handles oh, and such. Yes. And, oh, and TikTok because you have TikTok, a TikTok following. Yes, I do. I make a lot of TikToks and my Instagram and TikTok names are the same. It's Aya Yaya. It's A-Y-I-A-Y-A-Y-A. And maybe Julia can link that. I'll link that. Okay. Yeah, I'll link Little both of those. And also before I go, I might post what I what I made last <laughs> last night. It feels like a drunken memory or something, but um, <laughs> the my political spiel. I, I think I was half blacked out. And, um, <laughs> and it's crazy because during the episode, you can like hear me fade and there was one really long pause where I could just forgot what I was saying because I was so tired. It was like twelve thirty, <laughs> and I had to cut that out. But um, I might stay. I'm, I might post that. I might post both of these. Oh, I will post this. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed um whatever we just conversed about. And but it was an informal conversation, and I thought that would be a zesty, fun little thing to add yes. into my um podcast product assortment. Plethora. And yeah, so um. Yep, that's all. That's all <laughs> for today. And I hope you guys enjoyed this. And yeah, again, follow Aya on Instagram. And then um, I'll put my, I'll insert my little exit. Your blurb. My exit blurb. <laughs> <laughs> Here. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you again, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Seeking Sustainability. If you enjoyed this episode or any others that you've listened to, then make sure to follow the podcast on whatever platform you're tuning in from. Also, to stay connected, you can follow the podcast Instagram at seeking sustainability underscore podcast and my personal Instagram at julia.planford. As always, feel free to reach out to me regarding any questions, comments, or episode requests. And of course, share this podcast with anyone who you feel might be interested in learning a bit more about environmentalism and sustainability as well. Thanks everyone and I will talk to you guys soon.